It's Friday, May 28, 2021. And from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, this is the Pennsylvania Legacies Podcast. I'm Josh Rollerson. First, the bad news. Partisan polarization around the topic of climate change is worse than it's ever been. In Pennsylvania and beyond, those who identify most strongly with the Democratic Party are those most likely to identify climate as a major concern and to support decisive action in that direction. Meanwhile, the Republican Party's core supporters are galvanized in the opposite direction. But here's the thing. Party identification isn't what it used to be, especially in a purple state like Pennsylvania, where ticket-splitting independents are the fastest-growing block of voters and where frustration with both parties is at historic highs. And on climate in particular, independents are beginning to take sides. Solid majorities now report they're either somewhat or very concerned about negative impacts and want their leaders to do something about it. That means politicians who ignore this increasingly mainstream concern do so at their own peril. If you come from a straight Republican district where just having the R by your name gets the job done, then I understand if the base is what you listen to. But that's not the majority of districts in the state. Not only is public opinion consolidating on the seriousness of climate change, there's also growing support for policies aimed at lowering emissions while providing funding that would ease the transition for workers and consumers. We'll look at the shifting political landscape on climate change in Pennsylvania coming up right after this news update from PEC's Lily Jones. Last week, all four of DEP's advisory committees approved the rulemaking to link Pennsylvania with the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, or REGI. Under the program, emissions are capped and power generators can buy or sell carbon allowances to comply. Revenues are reinvested in clean energy projects and assistance for communities and workers affected by the transition. The Air Quality Technical Advisory Committee, the Citizens Advisory Council, the Small Business and Compliance Advisory Committee, and the Environmental Justice Advisory Board all voted to recommend the regulation to the Environmental Quality Board for a final review. The EQB is expected to vote on the proposal this summer. During an initial vote last year, the rulemaking did not pass any of the committees. DEP has since revised the rule. If the Reggie rulemaking is approved by the Environmental Quality Board, Pennsylvania will officially join the program in 2022. The DEP projects that joining Reggie will reduce carbon dioxide pollution from the power sector by 26% by 2025 and create over 27,000 jobs for Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh's bike share program, Healthy Ride, announced on Tuesday it would be adding around 325 electric assist bikes to its fleet. Since the service started in 2015, it has expanded to over 100 stations throughout the city, but Pittsburgh's hills can pose a challenge to potential riders. Representatives from Healthy Ride hope that offering electric assist bikes will improve bike share accessibility for a range of ages and abilities. Philadelphia's bike share program, Indigo, is also currently in the process of expanding to increase service access in West and South Philadelphia. Indigo added electric bikes to their fleet in 2019 and plans to add 300 more this year. They will also install around 30 new stations and are currently seeking input on new locations. The Pennsylvania Water Trails Program is currently accepting mini-grant applications through July 2nd. The goal of the Water Trails Program is to improve physical and psychological access to water trails and create recreational opportunities for all Pennsylvanians. If your organization has an idea to improve access to designated water trails, consider applying for a mini-grant during this funding round. 
The Pennsylvania Water Trails Program is a partnership between PEC, the Pennsylvania Fish and Boat Commission, the Pennsylvania Department of Conservation and Natural Resources, and the National Park Service. The Water Trails mini-grant application can be found on PEC's mini-grant application page on Submittable. Finally, as temperatures warm up, the much-awaited emergence of 17-year cicadas is beginning in central and eastern parts of Pennsylvania. Brood 10 is the largest group of periodical 17-year cicadas in the state. A number of states throughout the Midwest, South, and East also have brood 10 populations. In the coming weeks, billions of these insects will emerge from underground to mate and lay their eggs. Yesterday, the Wolf Administration stressed the importance of avoiding using insecticides on these cicadas. While they are large and noisy, they don't bite or carry diseases, and adults only live for a few weeks. They also play an important role in our ecosystem, providing food for wildlife and helping to aerate and enrich forest soil. For Pennsylvania Legacies, I'm Lily Jones. Three out of four Pennsylvanians now say they're worried about climate change, and more than half say they are very concerned. That's according to a report published this spring by Susquehanna Polling and Research, and it's the latest in a long string of polls showing that the reality and the threat of rising global temperatures are no longer really up for debate in most people's minds. Unlike a lot of those polls, however, this one also digs into Pennsylvanians' attitudes about what should be done in response to this situation, not just to lower greenhouse gas emissions and mitigate impacts, but also to support people and communities through the transition. The survey finds strong support for the creation of a public fund that would assist displaced workers, as well as overwhelming agreement that the state government should actively support affected communities. Those are important features of Pennsylvania's plan to decarbonize power generation by linking with the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, REGI, which would also promote job creation through investment in clean energy sources. Here to help unpack these poll results is returning Pennsylvania Legacy's guest, Franz Litz. He helped get the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative off the ground more than a decade ago, and he joined us on the show to talk about it back in 2019. Franz, welcome back. Glad to have you here again. Great to be here, Josh. Thanks for having me. And we're also happy to welcome Jim Lee, CEO of Susquehanna Polling and Research, which conducted this survey we're talking about today. Jim, thanks for being here. Thanks, Josh. Nice to be with you today. So it's not exactly news that Pennsylvanians are concerned about climate change, are aware of it, and and consider it a real problem. Speaking as someone who's obviously not an expert and is mostly a casual observer of these kinds of polls, but it, it seems to me that This is a little different in that support for specific policy interventions in response to climate change hasn't always been as clear cut, you know, as the general sense that it's a problem. Are are you seeing a big change from patterns in the past? How do these results compare and what do they suggest about how people's thinking seems to be evolving on this issue? Well, that's a much trickier question than you actually realize because I've looked at some national polling by Gallup. And they're finding that attitudes towards climate change and global warming are polarizing even more today than they were 20, 30 years ago, which is striking in that uh, we have now a 53-point gap between Republicans and Democrats on the question of is global warming and climate change happening to us now? Can we see the effects of it now? And that question in 2001, 
20 years ago, the gap between Republicans and Democrats was 13 points, Josh. It's now a 53-point gap. And it shows that, by and large, at least at the national level, Republicans' positions are hardening um, on climate change. Now, in Pennsylvania, we have a majority of Democrats and what I call swing voters who realize the impact of climate change and acknowledge that it's a real phenomenon. And Republicans seem marginalized um, on this issue in this poll. And that's unfortunate because in southeastern Pennsylvania, as I've always believed, it's an area of the state that's growing in population. Voters there tend to be more progressive-minded on legislative and cultural and social issues. And yet Republicans continue to lose elections down there. And one of the big reasons is the environment. And the voters don't believe the Republican Party is a credible messenger on the environment. So I think Republicans need to step up their game a little bit um, because the polling on climate change, I think, shows the trend line and trajectory shows a higher percentage of Americans believe it's an existential threat to us and that it's happening right before our very eyes. Republican numbers on that seem pretty stagnated. And it really increasingly becomes about independence. And I want to drill down on that a little bit, too, in a minute. Franz, does all that track with what, what you've been seeing over these last few years? Yeah, the polling we see coming out state after state, similar to the polls that Susquehanna did in this case, are, are showing increasing numbers on some key questions like, are you willing to pay a little bit more in order to have clean energy? Uh, are you willing to pay a little bit more to help out communities that have struggled in seeing the loss of coal plants? Um, and, by, and by and large, we we see people are willing to pay a little bit more to transition to clean energy and uh, a less polluted environment. I was really struck by that result. It was like two thirds of people said, even if I'm impacted personally by the adoption of a clean energy standard, I'm still for it. How new is that? Does that reflect some kind of turning point in public opinion or, or what does it say about how seriously people are taking this? Well, this is Jim, Josh. Um, in that poll, 87% of Democrats uh, support that initiative, 71% of swing voters and independents, and a third of Republicans. So, you know, I, I've always said to our Republican clients, if you come from a straight Republican district where just having the R by your name gets the job done, then I understand if the base is what you listen to. But that's not the majority of districts in the state. Pennsylvania is by and large a swing state where there's a reason why we flipped from Trump to Biden and from Obama to Trump. We are a purple state in the truest sense of the word. And it's mostly Democrats in this state and they outnumber Republicans by about 700,000 in raw numbers. More Democrats identify as swing voters and independents than Republicans do. So I tell our Republican clients in the legislature and at the county level, unless you come from a district where just having the R by your name gets you to 51%, you need to pay attention to the viewpoints of these swing voters. They are the 
critical cohort that decide elections. Now, Republicans have been showing some gains. I was looking at some national polling that young Republicans as a cohort, ages 18 to 29, are the group in the Republican Party showing the most growth in terms of their willingness to accept that global warming is a real phenomenon and that human activity is a big contributor of that. We're seeing some massive growth with that demographic of the Republican Party. But the difference between Republican baby boomers and Republican young millennials is big enough to drive an 18-wheeler through it. And so I think over time, as those young Republicans get older, we'll start to see them be replaced by more moderate Republicans that have similar views on the environment. So I think the trajectory looks good, even among Republicans as time goes on. It's fascinating that there is, at the same time as the polarization is more so than it has been at the past, that you've got this generation gap that you just described within the Republican cohort. And you've also got you know, I mean, just looking at the the sample that you were working with in this poll, it seems pretty evenly split among Democrats, Republicans, and and independents as in terms of how they self-identify. Uh, Two thirds of them say they're conservative or or moderate or something along those lines. Two thirds of them are uh, you know older than forty five, and still you got the result that you did. The question I I want to get at is acknowledging that there is a disconnect between what happens at the national level and with the party leadership and maybe what's going on in the minds of voters on the ground. Is there any real empirical basis at this point for the idea that concern about climate change is partisan, at least in terms of how voters are thinking about it, especially as you look ahead to the generations that are coming up in the future? You know, the national polling being what it is, I think Pennsylvanians in this poll, we have a combined 73 percent that that believe that the negative impacts of climate change on their grandchildren and, and children are very real. And, you know, that includes almost a majority of Republicans that express at least some level of concern. So there's, there's definite movement there. And even on the question of transitioning to cleaner energy sources and to what extent the legislature should set up a fund to provide support for workers who are negatively impacted by this shift to clean energy, you know, you don't have a lot of Republican opposition. Only 37% of Republicans were opposed to that concept. Another third were in, for, in favor of it. That leaves another third who aren't really sure. And I think to speak to Republicans on this issue of, of funds, you know, most Republicans of Pennsylvania are fiscally conservative. And so they, they're, they're very, very sensitive to any outlays of state expenditures. They're very much in support of limiting the growth of state government. So they want to know where the money will come from to create this fund. And that's my sense of why a third of Republicans are sitting on the sidelines and haven't yet weighed in with their opinions here. But again, you have a third of Republicans on board. You add that to the strong support among Democrats and independents. And the statewide total is 59% of, of, of Pennsylvanians who support creation of a fund to help with the transition to clean energy. That's as good as it gets right now in Pennsylvania, given the polarized climate we have on an issue like the environment. Franz, as, as you know very well, 
energy policy is a complicated process and often takes a lot of time. I'm wondering if you see in, in these poll numbers a reflection of growing public impatience with the pace of change? And, you know, and if so, how do you convert that new urgency to real political traction? The really interesting thing that jumped out of these poll results for me is uh, an appetite for helping out communities that are seeing coal plants uh, go offline and the jobs that are at coal plants go away. I mean, that's, of course, happening on its own. Coal is just not able to compete against natural gas. It's not able to compete against cheaper renewable energy. Um, And we see in these poll results support for helping those communities. But without a program like Reggie, where is that money going to come from? So you see a lot of support for adopting, having some kind of funding uh, location for, for getting some kind of funding in place to help these communities. Uh, the other interesting thing that I saw in these results is that, peop- that the poll respondents, by about two-thirds, two-thirds of the poll respondents were willing to pay some more to, to get clean energy. And I think the poll question said something less than $5. Um, if you look at the analyses that have been done for Reggie, and so Reggie is this program that's going to very modestly impact electricity bills um, on the order of maybe a dollar, not $5 and create a fund of somewhere between 300 and 500 million dollars that the government can use to increase energy efficiency to stimulate renewable development and also help out these communities where coal plants have gone away Um, so when you couple that with the finding that the pennsylvanians are ready to to help these communities where coal jobs have have gone and and are going to increasingly go because coal can't compete these uh, these results are very strong, uh, I think, in favor of a program like Reggie. Yeah, to add to uh, what Fran said, Josh, I mean, just as a point of clarification, there wasn't any specific mention of Reggie in these four survey questions, but 70% of Pennsylvanians say that state government should take an active role assisting communities through the transition when we have displaced workers due to clean energy transformation. And that's a powerful number. I mean, we're a very divided state on a lot of issues, right? I mean, look at how close the election was last year. And so to get 70% of voters to agree on anything in Pennsylvania in a poll is substantial and noteworthy. And that includes 82% of Democrats, but also 56% of Republicans that are saying, look, we believe state government should have a role. And that's important because what do we know about Republicans? They support less government, not more government in general, right? Here we have a majority of Republicans saying, you know what? State government should be an active participant at the table. We want them to be involved in this. So I think that that's very significant that Republicans realize This is a phenomenon that's coming. We are transitioning to clean energy. We see it in our communities. We need to have a seat at the table and make sure state government is driving that train. And that's what I see in the results here and why I think this is another win for the environmental agenda based on these poll results. 
So uh, really broad support for the for the principle that the state should have a role in supporting communities through the transition, even if maybe there's still some debate to be had about the, the particulars, uh, you know, vis-a-vis Reggie or whatever else might be on the table. Um, but with Reggie, it seems that we have in Pennsylvania the advantage of being able to look at the experience of other states. And Franz, this is something you obviously know a lot about. What you know? What has been the response to efforts like the ones that have been proposed under Pennsylvania's Reggie plan in other states? Uh, how how have other states in Reggie or maybe other similar regional markets dealt with these issues? What what has the outcome been, and what has the political response been? Yeah, if you look at Reggie, it's an eleven state program presently. It's a bipartisan program, so. By that, I mean both governors, Republican governors and Democratic governors in other states have embraced the program and also legislatures. Legislatures, both led by Republicans and led by Democrats, have embraced the program. And it's been in place for over 10 years now. Uh, So there's quite a track record. I think you'd have to characterize it as a modest program. It's sought uh, reductions in power plant pollution over time. Um, it still is a modest program, and if Pennsylvania were to join it, it would re- remain a modest program, I think. But it has, a, it has reduced emissions over time, and it generates money um, because the power plants have to pay for these permits to pollute. They are essentially creating a fund that the state government can then use for its priorities. And um, one of the things we've seen in Governor Wolf's proposal is that he'd like to use 50% of the funds to help out communities, including these communities that are seeing coal plants go away and are hurting from the job losses that are associated with those coal plants going away. Many of Pennsylvania's neighboring states, not necessarily just those that have some, some involvement with Reggie, I think it's fair to say have been more active on energy and climate policy over these last few years. And I wonder if there's a way in which Pennsylvania needs to play some catch up. Like, how are we affected by being behind on energy policy, is there a benefit to Pennsylvania uh, to taking some initiative and actually being proactive, uh, you know, given that there is this growing consensus that some kind of a transition is more or less inevitable right now? Yeah, we're seeing the transition happen before our eyes. The reason these coal plants aren't being used very much and are in some cases retiring or expected to retire soon is natural gas is cheaper. It also pollutes much less renewables don't pollute at all and they operate for free, you know, using the sun and the wind. So these are things that the market has produced and uh, Pennsylvania is exposed to that same market just as everyone else. Where Pennsylvania has perhaps fallen behind is it hasn't pushed renewables. It hasn't adopted programs like Reggie to reduce emissions. So it has some catch up, some catching up to do. And, um, You know, that's why you see other states, neighboring states that have higher percentages of renewables and um, they're reaping the benefits of those lower cost power sources. So as a lot of these issues kind of are coming to a head at the same time in Pennsylvania, what's the next shoe to drop, I guess? What should we be watching for? Well, it appears that the governor um, will move forward. The governor has the authority under existing law to adopt the Reggie program. And I think we can expect that the DEP, under the governor's direction, will proceed and do that. What that means is that the program will be in effect around the end of the year or the early part of next year. And in order for power plants to put this uh, carbon dioxide into the air, they're going to have to start 
buying permits at auction, and uh, that will that will create a fund that DEP will will be able to invest um, to uh, increase energy efficiency in the state, stimulate renewables, and and also hopefully help out these communities that have uh, already seen the transition from fossil fuels to new new forms of energy. Jim, I'm not sure to what extent this is addressed directly in the polling that you've published, but maybe you know from other research or just anecdotally, what is the public perception right now of this idea that there is tremendous economic opportunity through Reggie, through just generally decarbonizing? Uh, are people thinking in those terms yet, or is is it more just about how do we get through this period? You know, we, we just finished a statewide poll. Um, in, in fact, I just uh, started tweeting about it earlier today. So, you know, here we are on what, uh, May the 13th. And we asked uh, in the poll an open-ended question, what's the most important problem facing Pennsylvania today? And we let respondents just give us their top of mind answer. And the top three issues were the economy at 16%, political infighting in Harrisburg between Wolf and Republicans at 16% and overburdensome COVID rules that are slowing down the economic recovery at 13%. The environment was in single digits. And that's not to say that it's not important, but I think for the current environment we're in, and I'll, I mean environment, not, I mean, figuratively, not literally, the, you know, respondents to the poll see some very pressing immediate economic anxieties that are at the forefront of people's minds right now. Everybody, the polling showed people are very disillusioned with lack of action in Harrisburg. Opinions toward the governor were very, very split in this poll. So I think temporarily um, they don't have that same crystal ball. They've previously had when they're looking at environmental issues and what's coming down the road. And that's not to say that it's not important, but I think there are some pocketbook issues that seem to be surfacing very quickly in our survey relative to inflation and getting people back to work that seem to be taking center stage. And it's pushed back some of those other issues that just months ago we were seeing some emerging trends in, one of those being strong support for environmental protection. So that's that's a little bit of perspective on what we're seeing in the current poll. Well, it's fascinating information and it's been a really enjoyable conversation. Jim Lee, president and CEO of Susquehanna Polling and Research and Franz Litz of Litz Strategies. Gentlemen, thanks so much for being here today. Good to thanks be for with having you, us, Josh. Josh. Good to be with you, Franz. Likewise, Jim, thanks. That's all for this edition of Pennsylvania Legacies. Glad you're able to join us and hope you can catch the next one coming your way in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, get caught up on past episodes by visiting the Pennsylvania Environmental Council website, which you'll find at pecpa.org, pecpa.org, which also features lots of information about PEC's climate, energy, and policy work alongside program work in trails and outdoor recreation, communities and landscapes, watersheds, reforestation, and much more. You can find our podcast on the website as well as any number of other podcasting platforms, including but not limited to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, 
Player.fm, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere that you can plug in an RSS feed, you can subscribe to the Pennsylvania Legacies podcast. We hope you do. And however you find the show, please take a moment to rate and review it to help other listeners find it. We appreciate the support. Until next time, for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, I'm Josh Rollerson, and thanks for listening. (music) 